Casey's confidential. Hey. Oh. Kansas City's best. Ooh, Casey Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. Each guest shares their personal stories of life in Kansas City and discuss the brands they have built. I'm your host, Sari, and today's guest is Taylor Douglas. Taylor is a business mentor and wedding photographer based out of Kansas City, but is always up for traveling. She loves making others feel confident in themselves, whether it's in front of her camera during a session or coaching another photographer and how to grow their business. Taylor recently grew her photography team by adding four additional gals to the PKC crew. And prior to being a photographer full-time, Taylor was an elementary school teacher. Here to talk all about her photography business is Taylor. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I know, I'm, I am so excited to, to be here even when um, I was doing photography full-time for a number of years, you and I were connected and um, you were such such a great resource and tool and a friend in, um, in my corner. So I'm super excited to have you here and, and to talk all about your photography. That's so sweet. I'm really excited to talk with you and just even hang out again because it's been a bit. So <laughs> it's, it's, good to be here. Taylor, why don't you tell me a little about your uh, photography background and really how you got started? Sure. So it dates back, this dates me actually. It goes back pretty far. Um, I actually picked up my first camera back when I would like go to like summer camps over the summer when I was in like elementary school, middle school. Do you know those little like disposable Kodak cameras? I feel like they're kind of making a comeback now. I see them at weddings all the time, but <laughs> um, so that's where I picked up my first camera and kind of really started experimenting with getting creative with photography. Um, from there, I think it got pretty serious when I started dabbling more in high school, I had a, an editor role on the newspaper staff. Um, and I was more on the design side, but I remember my, um, teacher asking me if I would mind filling in for some like sports photography. Cause one of the photographers was sick and I was like, Oh, this sucks. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go take pictures of sweaty boys on a football field, but actually like, even though I didn't love that subject, I really loved figuring out how to use the camera and get creative with angles and composition and lighting. It just was always a fun challenge for me. And so, you know, from there, I got my first DSLR. Uh, I think it was a Canon Rebel T2i at the time. So like, I don't, they obviously don't even make them that anymore because they are so old. But um, I remember getting one of those for Christmas and you know, pressuring my friends and my neighbors and my pets and letting me take pictures of them and just getting creative and loving it. Um, and then fast forward to, uh, sorry, to college. And, you know, I really started to like pick it up more as like a side hustle. Um, obviously, you know, in college, you're always looking for a little bit of extra income here and there. And there were plenty of opportunities to take pictures of like grad students. So I kind of started doing that a little bit here and there. Um, I actually took on my first wedding, my freshman year at K-State. <laughs> I had zero idea what I was doing. It was like my roommate's cousin. And she was like, we'll pay you a thousand dollars if you'll shoot at our wedding. And I, you know, to a college student, that's like major bucks. So I was like, of course, as long as you like are okay with me. <laughs> not having any idea what I'm doing. Um, 
so I remember just turning to YouTube and watching hours on hours of videos and really trying to figure out like, how does this flash work? How do I use my camera? Like, how do I pose people? Like things that I never really had to deal with. Um, and that, even though the wedding itself was just a disaster and I had no idea how to work my camera, like really kind of set a fire in me to like grow into a business. Um, but at the time, like you said, I was an elementary teacher. So at the time I was full speed ahead with my elementary ed degree um, and felt really called to that. So I really pushed forward ahead in that. I ended up teaching for five years, um, but about the second or third year in teaching, I really knew that it was not my forever. Um, I loved the kids and I had, there were great parts about my job, but oh, it was just uh, a quick burnout <laughs> for me. So I knew that I wanted to make it more um, full-time from there. So that's kind of where I started really pushing. That's where Photo Casey was born, um, was, you know, 20, I think it was 2018, about my third year into teaching. Um, so that's where I kind of switched gears and did everything I could to grow that business and become what it is today. So, yeah. So how were you growing your business? I mean, luckily with teachers, you do have summer break and winter break and kind of have that time to, to focus when having a side gig, but how were you sort of juggling both when you were, when you were teaching and doing photography at the same time? Yeah. Um, it wasn't the easiest. I definitely, when I started, I would just have a couple of sessions a week and it was no big deal, but luckily as a teacher, having access to so many families through my students, um, my clientele grew a lot faster than I had plan for, which was a great problem to have. But I remember there would be weeks, especially in the fall during busy season where I was teaching, you know, from eight to four. And then I was heading to shoots, uh, for, you know, back-to-back -back shoots for three hours a night. And then I'd edit until midnight and then I'd go sleep for a few hours and repeat. Um, so it, there was definitely a couple of years. I call them my hustle years. Um, just because I was truly burning the candles at both ends and I knew it wasn't sustainable long-term, but I knew in order to get to where I wanted to be, where I could transition into full-time photography, my ultimate goal was just to grow my clientele as quickly as I could and like learn as much as I could. So I didn't really say no to anything at that point. So balance was hard. And I think that's one thing I still struggle with is balance, but um, just really, you know, understanding that in that season, it was a total, you know, pedal to the metal type of uh, mentality and like it, it were it ended up working but it's not for everyone and I knew it wasn't long term but it really helped me um, get out of teaching as quickly as I wanted to so yeah was it scary sort of taking that plunge and stopping your your career as being a teacher and then taking photography head on or were you like I'm ready I'm ready for this I've grown my clientele what what were your emotions when when you made that decision I think it's a little bit of both um looking back on it, you know, I have rose colored glasses. And I'm like, Oh, it was like the greatest transition ever because like now I'd love what I do when I love where I'm at. But I remember in the moment I really struggled with almost a guilt of leaving teaching. Cause I, you know, not only are you leaving, leaving the kid, I, it's, it's just such a, a, such a selfless servant hearted career. And it felt steadily going to like start my own business when I had all these kids depending on me in the classroom. I know that sounds dramatic, but I really struggled with the idea of like how it looked me leaving um, something that was 
so impactful. And it took me some time to realize that photography could be really impactful too in a different way. But yeah, it was scary. And I definitely didn't allow myself to like feel totally um, confident in that decision until I had matched income. Cause that was kind of my goal. I said, if I could match my teaching income uh, with my photography income, then I knew that that would be a reasonable time to pivot, you know, because you're leaving benefits, you're leaving a consistent salary, you're leaving so many like consistent protected pieces of what jobs come with that it was, it was scary for sure, but happy to be here. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I have to imagine that kind of the initial making the change can, can be scary, but like I said, you've already had years of experience sort of, or under your belt. So when you stop teaching, how did you continue to gain a clientele and, and more people to, to photograph? Uh, Yeah. So at that point, you know, with any small business, if you're running it well, word of mouth is what really carries you from there. So that was, I had finally hit the point in my client base where I felt like I wasn't having to market or run ads or, um, you know, beg my neighbors to let me go experiment on them. But it was really just kind of a a snowball effect with word of mouth. Um, So that was how I gained most of my clients. And at the time I was predominantly just families, seniors, you know, even newborns, that kind of thing. And so I really didn't have a ton of wedding clients because I had, when I was teaching, I knew that I wouldn't be able to sustain working all week the way I was and working weekends with weddings so that the wedding piece didn't really come in until a few years ago, but yeah, really Instagram and word of mouth are how I gained most of my clientele. Yeah. And I feel like weddings are kind of a whole other level in terms of photography. There's so much more to it. And do you feel like there's more pressure focusing on wedding photography as opposed to doing family sessions? So that's actually funny. You mentioned that. Um, I was just talking with one of my mentees the other day and they were really wanting to get into wedding photography, but they were so afraid to get into it because of the pressure of you know, messing up or losing images or, you know, it's just a lot more high stakes of a, of a job. So it's a one and done type of thing. You can't redo a wedding day. So I think that's a valid concern. And there's definitely pressures with weddings that you don't get with families and with, you know, other types of clients. But I would say like, once you kind of figure out your base protectors of like shooting with two cards and your card slats, um, backing up your images, like getting your systems down uh, honestly, like weddings just come with a lot more joy. I feel, you know, it's, it's a longer day for sure, but you get to see people at their happiest moments. I love weddings. And that's part of the reason I transitioned into weddings and couples and away from family sessions. It's just because I love to see like the big, happy celebratory moments. And while families are great, (laughs) family sessions can be a little more stressful when it comes to unhappy children or stressed out parents. It takes a toll for sure. And both have pros and cons, but I think weddings are definitely more my, uh, more my fit. Yeah. And speaking of kind of dealing with, you know, fussy children, how as a photographer, have you handled situations when you're doing family sessions and maybe not everyone is as happy to be having their photos taken and, um, you know, you have some, you have to deal with some, uh, people who might not necessarily want to, uh, participate. (laughs) It happens all the time. Uh, even at weddings, sometimes you have people unwilling to participate. (laughs) Um, but really like I preach this all the time. Client experience is what 
for one, sets you apart as a photographer, but two, really keeps sessions and wedding days going so smoothly. So the attitude that you bring to a session and the way that you make your clients feel comfortable and confident, um, even kids, you know, obviously it looks different with children than it does adults. But I mean, to be totally honest at family sessions, I'm making a fool of myself doing anything I can to make these kids smile and laugh at me. Um, and I think having that teaching background gives me a little bit of hand, you know, a little bit of a head start as opposed to people who don't have experience with children. So that helps, but it's honestly a workout. I don't know if when you did photography and, you know, during your sessions, if you felt it too, but I always would be so out of breath. <laughs> so like, exhausted at the end of every shoot because you're it's almost entertaining as well you know especially with children like you are you are putting on a show and keeping their attention nonstop while also trying to balance the camera and your settings and like the posing it's a whole it's a sport (laughs) for sure and yeah one thing that I seemed to always sort of struggle with when I was doing photography was the prompts and sort of what you're asking your subjects uh, right. to to do during during a shoot. So how were you coming up with those? Were you doing a lot of research? Was it trial and error? You know, when you have a, a photo in mind, this image in your head, how do you get people to kind of resemble that? Yeah. So when I was first starting out um, and didn't have the confidence that I do now, I remember pulling up Pinterest and I would literally sit there with my clients before the session started and scroll through and say like, what type of poses stand out to you most? And once I kind of got a feel for their vibe and their energy and like what they were drawn to, that really helped me to kind of like connect the dots from there. Uh, But over the years, I mean, honestly, posing is just one of those things that really takes practice, but something that like when I describe my posing style to my, you know, future clients, potential clients, even my mentees, what I always say works best is to pose and then prompt. Um, so give them exactly what you want, show them where you want. Like I'm, I'm pretty heavy with my prompting. Um, like I'll look for like feet where if they're in place, hands, if they look natural and good, you know, I'll fix hairs, I'll, you know, adjust clothing, whatever's that like, I make it picture perfect. And then in order to make it not look stiff, I, you know, give them a prompt to do like whisper something inappropriate in her ear to make her laugh or like run at me as if you're like being chased by a bear, like something totally ridiculous, but like it inspires a really natural reaction and makes it like, it kind of gives that candid feel that my photos portray. Um, I'm not a stiff poser, but I really love to look out for details, if that makes sense. Like, I think there's a difference between like truly candid photography and like helping people feel like they know what they're doing. So yeah, that's something that definitely took some time to learn. But now that I, you know, have done this for so long, I feel very confident, especially like something I've noticed too is the ability to just read the room per se and meet your client. Cause technically you're meeting strangers, right? For a lot of these sessions, you've, you know, talked over email or over the phone, but your first time really interacting is like right on the spot when your session starts. Um, so it's definitely a challenge and has, has been tricky, but coming to like figure out how to get to know your client and read the room and read their energy and like figure out who they are as a couple within like the first five minutes. If you can make that happen, you can make their session totally specific to them. That's awesome. Yeah. I think candid has kind of become the most desired photos over the last couple of decades. And people really love that, like capture the moment 
vibe. And that's definitely something I notice. Um, and if anyone follows you on Instagram too, I think really shows on your page and it doesn't look like you're doing the same thing over and over with different people. It's like every session seems really individualized to the people that you're photographing. So how important is that to you to really, you know, you talk about, you know, you want people to feel really comfortable, especially if they're in front of the camera. So how, how do you do that kind of, you know, make people feel comfortable and just not repeating everything, you know, with, with different people? That's a great question. Um, so something I like to do is kind of like picture myself. I know this is like an overused phrase, but like truly is like a third wheel on their like date night. So I like to almost challenge myself to create an experience with my clients that's unique to every single couple, which can be really challenging. But I think that, are you into Enneagrams by chance? <laughs> this is random, but. I know about them. I'm not like okay. super into them, but I, I've like done them or I know people who have like told me certain things about them. So. Okay. So I, I identify currently, I change all the time. Every time I test them, something new, but currently I'm a, a three. Um, but for a while I was a nine and nines are kind of known to be chameleons, which can be a negative thing, but can also be a really strong trait because you can really mesh well with all types of people. And I think that's something that's helped me connect with so many different types of clients is I'm able to like meet somebody and find some way to connect with them. Even if they're like not going to be my best friend at the end of the day, I I feel like I can easily recognize what sets a couple or a senior apart and like what they're comfortable with and finding their level of confidence and meeting them where they're at. And like, if they're really struggling to feel their, their best about themselves, finding a way to like encourage them, show them back of camera so they can see how great they look, just really uplifting them in every chance you get. And through your posing, it's just over the years, it's become natural, but it took a lot of practice. And I think that that's what sets great photographers apart from the rest. Yeah. And speaking of sort of photographers being, you know, being different, being individual, how did you find what you feel like is your perfect editing style? What was that process like? Cause that is really one of the things that makes photographers different is their color technique, their editing. So how, how did you find your editing style? So for most people, it's usually a process of, you know, buying a bunch of different presets, <laughs> experimenting and changing until you find something that you think you're happy with. I actually really lucked out. And I, back when I first started, I bought one set of presets and that's literally the only set I've ever bought. This was like 10 years ago, like for my first wedding, I bought a set of presets. I don't even remember who from, I, don't, I have no idea where they came from, but I think the way that I learned so quickly on how to edit towards my style was, you know, I had this set and I remember buying it. And every time I plug in photos, it never looked exactly as I wanted ever. They were always either too red leaning or too uh, warm or too like the tones were off. And so instead of just buying a billion presets, I forced myself to learn the ins and outs of Lightroom and adjust all the bars you know, every session, obviously, you know, like edits differently. Um, so what I would do is I would create a new preset for every single session that I would edit until I started finding the similarities of like 
what I usually lean towards, what tones stood out to me most. Um, so over the years I've kind of fine tuned and like went from like 30 of my own presets that were all over the place and really kind of brought them down to a solid eight that I lean on for everything. But even then, like there's plenty of sessions where I shoot and I go to edit and my presets just don't work because, you know, it was an indoor lighting situation where it was tricky and unique, or it was, you know, blue hour and I'm used to shooting in gold hour, that kind of thing. So I really think the secret to good editing and consistency is creating your own presets. But then also, I think a lot of it's just having an eye for what your tones are and what your colors are and using that base preset, but not being afraid to like tweak things as you go. With photography, you know, there, there are so many photographers out there and even like locally. So are there ever times where you feel like, or did feel like in the beginning, is this really my direction? Or have you always felt like this is really where my passion lies? And I, I'm so good at connecting with people. And like, I, you just have a and yeah, cause I think a lot of people do. And, you know, I was even like this for a while when I was doing photography that I loved photography, but I think I just never spent the true amount of time to continue my education and never devoted as much really as I should have. And I think I got to a point where I was like, you know, I like my photography, but there, there are better photographers out there. And at the end of the day, that's kind of why I put my photography aside. Cause I just thought people were better off kind of getting their photos done elsewhere. That breaks my heart because that's so not true. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm going to force you to pick your camera back up and get back into it because that's not okay. I'm so sorry you feel that way. Uh, But I think literally every photographer, every small business owner has felt that imposter syndrome, like you mentioned before. And I still feel it. Like, obviously I feel a little less now than I did when I was starting. Um, But I remember always comparing my work to photographers that I looked up to And instead of like recognizing that I was in a different season than them, like for me, I'm such a perfectionist and it frustrated me so much that I couldn't accomplish X, Y, and Z when like I was only at stage B, you know what I mean? Like my chapter of where I was at was nowhere near where they were in their business, but I just was so frustrated and I I am competitive, like I'm competitive against myself. (laughs) So I was so irritated that I could not figure out how to like get to the point I wanted to be today. So I learned a lot of patience because growing a business takes time. And I think that's something that I noticed with a lot of my mentees is like a frustration that they have too, of like, you know, they look at things like numbers, like how do I raise my income? Like ASAP, like what's like the quick fix or how do I raise my follower count? Or how do I, you know, get this many weddings booked for a year? And like, it's so easy to compare and it's so easy to get frustrated, but like a truly stable, good business with great systems and great practices takes a long time to figure out I mean, most of us that have started small businesses, like we didn't get a degree in business or finance or marketing, like the amount of hats that we wear and have to learn as we go and fake it till you make it. Like it's pretty unreal. Like I I feel like I've learned so much, so much more owning my own business than I ever learned in college or, you know, any schooling I've had. Um, So yeah, I really think that everyone struggles with some level of comparison, but I'd say my biggest piece of advice would just be like, be satisfied with where you're at and like celebrate the little bits of growth that you have instead of just like waiting for those big milestone pieces of growth. When you look back, you'll see how far you've come, but in the moment with your like, you know, perspective you have day to day, it's, it's important to celebrate little wins too. Yeah. And what would you say are some other struggles that come just with being a business owner and especially being a photographer? What, what are some things you feel like you deal with? Where to start? (laughs) Um, There's been so many things, but 
I think the hardest part about our work is that photography is so subjective and it's also, I mean, we're dealing with a lot of insecurities too of our clients too. So I, the thing that I struggle with or that I did struggle with most is how to navigate confidence lacking clients or insecure clients who maybe aren't um, as positive in the way that they see themselves, but I know that they're beautiful. I know that they look incredible and that, you know, their unhappiness with their images more stems from their unhappiness with themselves or their family situation, or like, you know, there, it could be a number of things. Um, so that was something that was really tricky when I first started was I felt like when I would get feedback from a client that didn't like their photos, cause it happens, it happens to all of us like learning to realize like, okay, it might not be my fault, but I am still responsible for helping them to feel confident. And that's another thing, you know, like when I first started, I had a lot of people ask like, Hey, could you make me look thinner? Could you edit out my cellulite? Could you um, take away this, whatever X, Y, Z, there's a million things that people are insecure about. Um, but really kind of defining my own policy when it comes to body positivity and like what's okay, what's not. Um, Cause in our photography world, I feel like it's such a fine line of like what's acceptable and what's um, what's positive to both clients in the world. You know what I mean? I think there's been a big pushback against the whole editing culture when it comes to like fine tuning everything. So I think just the pressure of like communicating to clients, like you are perfect just how you are. And like your photos are incredible. And like, I will do what I can to make you happy, but I will not change your body in size. I will not change it in shape. I always kind of go with a policy of like, if it's temporary, then I can work on it. Like, zits obviously no one wants those in photos like happy to do that but like I'm not going to change your size or your weight those kind of things so client facing I feel like that was my biggest struggle at first was like helping clients to feel confident and a lot of that comes in time with posing too like figuring out how to pose clients in a way that makes them feel comfortable and confident yeah (laughs) yeah and then in terms of being sort of a business owner and initially being a a solo (laughs) employee of your own business, what, what were some of the struggles that came with that? Yes. Um, on the business side, I mean, things that you just are never taught like taxes, taxes freaked me out. I was so worried that I was doing something wrong or I was missing something or like, you know, how to start my LLC. Like what, like, what licenses did I need? What, you know, all these insurance, things like that, that like truly no one knows until you, you can Google, but even then it's overwhelming. Um, so just figuring out like the logistics of like how to start a small business. That was at the start, my, my struggle. Um, and then once I got busier, something that I feel like now I'm really proud of that I have done really well, but at, the, at first I was not great at were my systems and workflows. So it took me some time to really figure out like how to stay organized, how to create the best client experience based on like automations and timelines and just keeping everything in order. I honestly think that's one of the biggest hardships for a lot of photographers is figuring out workflows that help them to scale instead of just like flying by the seat of their pants and forgetting contracts or deposits or losing track of meetings. Like it just, there's so much that comes with our job. So I think workflows and systems have been like the most valuable lesson I've learned over, over the years. When did you decide to expand your team? I, you had hinted uh, for a little bit on your Instagram that you had exciting news and you finally sort of dropped that you now have an associate team. So what was that like? And then, you know, finding your team, how did you find the people that you felt like matched your 
editing style and your overall message as a photographer? That's a great question. This is the part I'm so excited about. I like brag about my team to everybody. I'm so proud of those girls and I am like so lucky to have them. Um, there came a point, I think it was last year, where I realized that I was getting so many more inquiries than I could physically take on. And I was having to turn a lot of people away, which, you know, boundaries working on them. But I also realized like I truly cannot do like I said, those hustle years, like I was just burning myself at both ends. And I knew that I had to start outsourcing in some way or another. And so, you know, I'd seen a couple other photographers that have associate teams do really well with it and be able to offer their experience that they're so proud of to like so many more clients. So I decided to give it a shot. So I had a pretty rigorous <laughs> interview process because I mean, you're giving your brand to the hands of somebody like you've got to be able to try. Like I, I remember being so nervous of like, if I hire the wrong person and something goes wrong, like my brands, like, what do I, I can't come back from that because you know, that's a whole new, that's a whole new level of trust. So I had an application process then I had an interview process and then I had um, like a live session process. So where I like had them, I set them up with a couple um, and I watched them for 45 minutes shoot, which was, I'm sure was so nerve wracking because <laughs> I would be so nervous shooting in front of someone who was hiring me. But yeah, I really wanted to vet them and make sure that like, they not only, you know, to start had the experience that I needed, um, and had worked several weddings before, but also the mindset that I really wanted in a team of wanting to grow, being excited to represent my brand, um, a drive to really grow and better themselves. And, uh, be moldable and like excited to be there. But then also, you know, the know-how tech wise, like, do they know how to use their camera? Is their gear up to par? Like those kind of things. And then finally just working with clients, like how do they communicate? How do they pose? Is it similar to my style? And there's so many facets to hiring an associate team because I really wanted to make sure that my associates were able to provide almost an identical experience to what I would be able to offer them, which is hard because every photographer has a different style, um, different drives, different, you know, editing style. In this case, the editing piece wasn't as important to me since I do all the editing. Um, so that's kind of how the associate program works. They only do weddings. And so when I get an inquiry and they're wanting to book with an associate, cause it's a little bit of a budget friendly option for them. Um, compared to working with me, uh, what happens is the associate does all the shooting engagement session and wedding day. I take care of all the emails, logistics, timeline, um, all the little nitty gritty pieces. And then I do all the editing. So that way I know that the tones, the colors, the edits are all consistent to the photo KC brand and the client knows exactly what they're getting, but I don't have to be three places at once. <laughs> like there's literally a day in August, August 20th, where we have three weddings going on at once. I've got a wedding and I have two associates on a wedding, which is just so cool that that's even an option right now, like that we're able to serve three couples instead of just one. So yeah, long story short, I found the most incredible women. It was a really like tough interview system because I had several people who would have made incredible teammates. So narrowing down and like having to be the one that gave that bad news to people who, you know, unfortunately didn't make the cut was really hard. That was like a hard learn lesson learned for me. It was like how to, how to break bad news because <laughs> working on your own working siloed, like we do, like I never had to really do that before. Uh, but it was so worth it because the girls that I have now are just stellar. Like truly I'm so inspired by them because 
even though they don't have as many years of experience or as many weddings under their belt, they like have already grown so fast and are already like killing it on their own. So they're just very valuable pieces to the team and I'm lucky to have them. But yeah, I, uh, I really love having a team again, instead of being on my own, it's kind of given me a refresh, like camaraderie feeling that I've missed for a while. That's so great. Yeah. I can, I can just see in your face when you talk about them, how exciting this is and how I it's, it's nice. Yeah. That feeling of a team and doing everything as, as a whole. So that's, that's awesome. And then aside from associate team, you also have a mentor program. So could you tell me a little more about that and how that works? Absolutely. Another thing that has my heart. (laughs) I like to dabble in lots of things. If you can't tell, I get really bored just doing one thing forever. So yes, mentor, my mentor program is another favorite of mine. It started a couple of years ago. I just was having a lot of people come up to me with questions or like DMing me asking for advice. And I loved it. Like I love being able to share. Um, and I also recognize that back when I was starting and I would ask for help or I would reach out to photographers that inspired me. Um, I really struggled to find people who were open enough or, you know, gave the time to like really help me or want to share their so-called secrets I think our industry has a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of people want to protect their locations or protect their business know-how and fear that like that's creating more competition if they share that. And while we do have a very saturated industry, I think it's so, so important to like bring others up. And I think maybe that's the teacher heart in me still, even though I don't teach children, I love teaching adults and, um, getting to see them, you know, strengthen them, encourage them, and just really like help grow alongside them has been one of the most fulfilling parts of this job. I've got, I think I 25 or 30 mentees so far who have trusted me with their business, which is terrifying all the same, but such an honor. Um, and yeah, I offer two different mentorship packages. I have one that's like a two hour Q and a where it's just for people who have a million questions and need to like talk through things. Uh, it's perfect. And then I have like a full, I call it the full intensive and it's like a five hour Q and a, but also a little mini branding session for them to get them some more content. And then we also set up a style shoot for them, um, to get like hands-on practice with a couple, a family, whatever they're hoping to work with a senior. Um, and then they get to see me posing and then I get to give them feedback while they're posing too. So really like truly a full intensive experience where like we're diving into all things, branding, marketing. My personal favorite is the workflows and systems. Like I mentioned earlier, I feel like I have a lot to offer in that department, but also just any random editing questions or camera basics. I mean, I've met people who like are still shooting on an iPhone and want to get a camera. I don't even know where to start to people who are already doing awesome things in their business, just looking for a little more efficiency or certain clientele. So I, I, I love meeting with anybody and everybody who needs help. And I'm happy to share everything that I've learned over the years with them. And you mentioned with the more intensive mentorship that they can like have a styled shoot. So are you like asking people to volunteer for those shoots? Are you working with people who are already your clients? Where are you finding people to do, to do those shoots with the mentees? Great question. I usually set up a model call of sorts. Um, So I've got a pretty, pretty decent list at this point of people who have offered. And then it's just a matter of reaching out to see who's available at a certain time and day. I occasionally will reach out to existing clients, but I personally love meeting new people too. So I love 
you know, gaining new clients for both of us. Yeah. And then that client is promised a full gallery from me. So I'm still working technically, but also teaching as we go. And then my mentee gets, you know, extra content in a really unique way. Um, and, you know, pressure free practice with their editing and their uh, workflows like that. Well, if you ever need more models, I'll be <laughs> added to the list. Yeah, and you and your boyfriend. I was going to say, if you need a couple, I'll yes. just tell Dan that um, he doesn't have a choice. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to add you to my list right now because that would be so fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I love your photography and stuff, but, and I've seen some model calls on your Instagram. It's funny. Cause like I said, with being sort of a, a past photographer, if you will, and I don't know if you feel this way too, that I think there's times when like, I felt really confident for a while, like behind the camera. And then as soon as someone would be like, okay, like, can you show me what you're talking about? I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to be in front of the camera now. Like how do I do this? And then I was like, wait, I have to be able to do both. If I'm going to tell someone how to be in front of the camera, then I sort of have to know how to be in front of the camera. But I always laugh at myself when I'm doing any sort of like content photo for Instagram or any sort of branded thing. I mean, my camera roll is like filled with pictures because in my mind, I'm like, oh, this will be so great. And then I do it. And I'm like, what the heck? What was (laughs) I thinking? I, I need, I need a little help in terms of the modeling for, for that thing. (laughs) Yes, no, absolutely. I, as much as, you know, I even tell my clients, like nothing is more humbling than stepping in front of the camera. And I need constant reminders of that because as often as I shoot other people, when I get in front of the camera, I don't know what to do with my hands, even though I could give you a million poses for somebody else. Like, I think not being able to see yourself, like all of a sudden my confidence just to plenish it. Like it's terrible. I'm terrible too. I need to be better about that. And I've been trying to like force myself into more, like I go out with other photographer friends and we'll shoot around and practice on each other or go location scout. But it is a nice reminder of what our clients feel (laughs) when we get in front of the camera, we're like, okay, no wonder they're nervous. No wonder they're insecure. Like this is what I'm feeling too. Yeah, for sure. I know it's kind of funny when you like put yourself in other people's shoes because I, I think it's easy when you're in a certain situation to be like, oh, well, it's so easy. You know, you do this. And then when roles are reversed, you're like, oh, I totally get it. Yes, absolutely. I'm with you. <laughs> well, when you are not taking photos or traveling for work, what does life in Kansas City look like for you? Yeah, um, I wish I had something exciting to tell you. Really, my husband and I are like homebodies. So when we're not working, he works a very crazy job too. Um, he has a very heavy traveling job. So, you know, he's traveling during the week. I do a lot of travel on the weekends and you try to bring him with me when I can. So when we're not working, we're literally at home either resting or like watching movies, like trying to like recharge. Um, but we love doing things at home. We've got a dog, Moose a sweet black lab who needs our attention constantly. So that's what he gets. He gets anything he wants, all of our attention. But uh, yeah, really beyond like just hanging out at home, we love to go try new restaurants or coffee shops or uh, go on walks. We're real outdoorsy or we try to be at least most you can be in Kansas City. (laughs) Uh, Would love a few more hiking trails here, but that's okay. Yeah, really. We just love to spend time together. We've got family in town too that we love to hang out with. So yeah, that's the most of it. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. It's hard when you're on um, sort of different schedules that when you finally do get the down, 
downtime. And I meant to ask, you know, what is sort of your turnaround when you are taking photos and then by the time you have them edited, gallery, and ready to send to your client? Yes. So this is something I'm a little bit proud of because it's a little bit quicker than industry standard um, for all non-wedding sessions, everything but weddings, it's two weeks or quicker. And my average is usually five days to a week. And then my weddings are promised within four weeks or sooner, usually average about two weeks. The way I'm able to do that, especially with my amount of load that I have now, especially with associate work, because I've like, you know, added on a good fraction of extra work with that. I've actually started outsourcing my wedding edits, um, which I think is like the coolest trick I've ever learned. I. I tell photographers all the time that they need to like focus on that. And that can be like their first step to outsource. You know, I'm a little bit of a control freak and quality standard is like really important to me. Um, But I found this incredible team that is super affordable and turns around. So basically how it works is I call through all the photos for a wedding. So I pick out my favorites and uh, then I edit the sneak peeks. So like 40, 50 sneak peeks. And then I export my whole Lightroom catalog um, and send it over to the editing team, they turn around, like they can turn around a thousand images in three days or less. So it saves me hours and hours of editing time, but I've shown them based on my sneak peek images, like the exact look I'm going for. And I have like a consistent team where they like, they know me by now, they know my style. So that helps a lot too. And yeah, they like turn around so fast and then they send me the Lightroom catalog back and I can do like final touches Um, I convert the black and white images over and then I export and it's ready to go. So outsourcing, if I can give any piece of advice to someone with a small business, it's finding what takes all your time and zaps your energy and just giving it to the pros, finding someone who does it better and like saves you so much time. So that's been, that's been my uh, favorite little trick lately. Yeah, that's awesome. I never would have even thought about that, but I'm sure that that's a relief too. Cause how many, um, on average, how many sessions are you doing a week? I mean, I know obviously wedding takes more time and you do offer many sessions as well, mm-hmm. but yeah, how many sessions are you typically doing a week? Um, so a couple years ago, back when I was in those like crazy hustle years, I was doing up to like 10 sessions a week, like back to back brands during the day. Uh, you know, a couple of family sessions or senior sessions at night, back to back, same location type of thing. I'm really working on boundaries and I know that's not sustainable. So this year I'm really trying to stay consistent with only offering sessions Tuesdays and Thursdays and maxing out at two a day. So four sessions a week and then weddings on weekends. So that, that's just for my personal load. So associate work, they're on their own schedule. So, um, you know, an occasional associate engagement session here and there, but, uh, wedding wise per year, I, I tried to max myself out at 25 this year, but I think I've taken on 32. I'm really bad at saying no, I'm working on it. (laughs) Um, but then I've got, I think 14 associate weddings this year. So all in all, we've got upwards of between 40 and 50 weddings for just 2022. So it's a lot and I could not do it all on my own without outsourcing. It's, it's been a must for sure. And it took that level of work for me to like be able to be comfortable with giving up that control because it's kind of a scary thing to give up your editing control, but they do a better job than I could. So (laughs) happy I found them. And your weddings, I mean, you, you do book up and even your non-wedding sessions, you book up pretty far 
in advance. So does that like ever surprise you or how does that, like, what are the emotions you feel when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm booked for, you know, this many months in advance, or, you know, you have people inquiring and you're like, sorry, I'm booked. I mean, what, what's the emotions like for that? Right. Um, so that's interesting. You say that I was just having this conversation with someone the other day. Um, I used to book up like my fall family sessions almost like nine months in advance, which is nuts. And I have learned that's like, okay, let's put it this way. I used to find fulfillment and like recognize my success as like how many and how full I was, how far in advance. That's just not doable. Like it's, it's not sustainable. It worked for a few years, whatever, but like I had very little, you know, control over my schedule for the most part. So this year, you know, boundaries keyword. I feel like I like am, you know, chanting that all podcasts, but um, I've kind of like closed off besides weddings. I kind of close off my, you know, seasons based on like, okay, like now I'm ready to open up my summer schedule. Okay. Now I'm ready to open up my fall because I'm trying to work in that personal, personal boundary time as much as I can. Wedding wise though, like, yeah, like, especially in today's climate with how many weddings there are this year, like a record number of weddings. It's just nuts. Like we're booking almost as many Friday and Sunday weddings as we are Saturdays. I've even had some Thursday wedding inquiries, which I've never even seen before. It's pretty nuts, but there's pros and cons. Like a couple downsides are like, you know, when you get have a friend who gets married or is, uh, gets engaged and is scheduling their wedding, they're giving you a lot less notice than your clients are. So oftentimes you have to miss an occasional friend's wedding, which is a bummer. Um, but it is also nice to kind of know what your work schedule will be like a year and a half from now, because you can plan your vacations and your trips and, you know, kind of look ahead and say like, I only want to work two weddings a month, or I only want to work, like, I don't want to work double header weekends, or I don't want to, you know, book over holiday weekends. Like it gives you a little more control over your schedule. So that's a pro for sure. But yeah, it can, uh, it can be overwhelming. And like when you're first starting out too, like when I charged a lot less than I do now, the amount of inquiries that I had honestly were like overwhelming. And I was booking almost everyone that inquired, which at the time was a great thing. Now that my prices are higher, I am booking a smaller percentage of those inquiries, which scared me at first, but honestly was the goal, right? To work less, make more. So having to remind myself that like, okay, I'm still full, but my full means something different than it did two years ago because I'm setting those boundaries. And when you decided to raise, raise your prices, was that, was that initially scary or how were you, how were you deciding what price you felt like was the right amount? Cause you know, you price, I mean, it can be kind of intimidating to say to someone essentially, you know, this is what I'm worth, or this is what my, my work is worth. So how were you deciding, you know, what price range was X and how'd you decide to go to Y? Yeah. Pricing, I feel like it's the hardest thing for all of us because, you know, when I started out, we would just, you know, Google other photographers in the area and kind of compare our price sheets and kind of find the average of like, okay, I think I'm as good as this person or, okay, I think I might have a little more experience than this person and kind of like try to find, you know, a happy medium based on market research. Um, but that's not necessarily productive. So what I started doing is it was kind of a guess, a game of guess and check. So I raised my prices every new year's once a year. And so I kind of look back and say like, okay, this year, one, was I booking full and booking quickly? And the answer was yes. So I'm like, okay, that's a clear sign to raise my prices or two. Like, do I feel like I'm making enough to support my living style? Yes. 
okay, but I would love if I could make some extra. So like, why not work towards that? So honestly, it's like over the years, it's just been kind of a guess and check game. And honestly, like, I feel like I finally hit the point like this year when I, when I raised my prices, I feel like I finally had a price point where unfortunately I have lost like some of my loyal clients who have been coming back for years and years, but it's helped me to take on less, but I'm still taking on enough clients that are still willing to pay those prices. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that makes total sense. Like, I mean, even having the associate team mean you burn out, as you said, is such a real thing. And the last thing you want to do is, is burn yourself out, especially something that you really love. So I, yeah, I understand, you know, trying to, you never want to limit the amount of people you're working with, but at the same time, you have to do what's best for you. And as a business owner, especially it, it's your business and you have to make sure it's kind of going in the direction that you want it to. Right. It's a delicate game to play for sure. And like, there's still times where I like second guess is this like, but I pay these prices for my work, you know, like, like, again, that imposter syndrome. But I mean, then when you really think about the value of that you're adding, like photos are truly, I know it sounds so cliche, but like they're invaluable. They are like memories captured in time and so important. And I, yeah, you can't put a price on it. I mean, you can, because there's a million photographers and like someone will outprice you or underprice you, but (laughs) that's the other challenge I think too, with the industry right now. I don't know if you've noticed, but I feel like there are just hundreds and hundreds of photographers who, you know, especially people coming out of like young photographers, even high schoolers I know that are like so talented. I feel like when I started, maybe it's just because I wasn't as like aware, but I did not think there was this many competitors in the market. So setting yourself apart is definitely a little trickier um, because there's always someone who will charge less than you because they're newer. And like, that's just what you do. You start low, but their talent level is already incredible. So it's an interesting game to play for sure. I know this is going to sound so like old millennial, but I feel, especially with like Gen Zers who are more used to like using their phone and like using all these editing tools. And you mentioned earlier, even just like face tuning and there's some app Canva. And I get asked all the time for branding stuff to use Canva. And I've never used any of that because kind of similar to with my photography, even like with myself, I've been really kind of stern in terms of like never editing photos beyond light, a few things here and there, you know, if there was like a stain on someone's shirt, minor things to, to edit away. But in general, it really focused on kind of keeping things as natural as possible. Right. And I just feel like now, especially yeah, people like college age or even high school, there are so many tools at their fingertips. And even like iPhone commercials are like, you don't need a professional camera, use an iPhone. And it's like the pictures that people are taking are wild. It, it's right. crazy to me. Even video, like the 4K video stuff is insane. Like small, I've seen like short films filmed on iPhones and I am blown away at the quality. (laughs) Like, well, we're just going to be pushed out of our jobs here soon. I mean, no, obviously not. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy how, you know, technology compares like these big bulky cameras now are like, you know, the new technology, it's all slimming down to mirrorless and it's like so simple and so small and I don't know. I know it's, it's so crazy to see just how, how things transition, but yeah. getting back into life, life in Kansas <laughs> city, I mean, you're so well connected within the community and obviously with your clients and the clients you've built up over the years, but aside from sort of the, the working aspect, I mean, what are some of the things you love most just about living in Kansas city? I actually, Kansas city's not like 
I wasn't born here, which I feel like I've got a different perspective than most people who are here that were born here. I grew up in Wichita, like a suburb of Wichita, and uh, my husband's from here. So naturally, we moved back here, um, you know, out of college. Uh, we moved to Tennessee for a year, but came back. And so, yeah, I think the thing about Kansas City that I love most is its people. They say Midwest is best for a reason, right? And I really think that, you know, Kansas City has everything that a big city can offer, but also still like the feeling of community and connectedness, which is what I love about photography in general as well. So being able to connect with my clients in every way and like serve the local community here in Kansas City, like is so easy to do because the people are so great. I agree. I mean, obviously it's, like I said, having sort of that different perspective of not necessarily being from here. I mean, I am from here and obviously I'm pretty sure I say this on every single episode of this podcast, but just like, I love Kansas City so much, which is why I really started this podcast for other people to see all the amazing businesses and business owners and to get to know people here and kind of use this podcast as like a sense of community as well. Just of, oh, like here's this business I didn't know about or even if they do know about the business and, oh my gosh, I did, I didn't know that Taylor, you know, wasn't from Kansas city or something like that, where I just, I agree. I think that the sense of the community around Kansas city, especially around local businesses here is, is like unmatched anywhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so unique. And I, I didn't realize that until I started traveling more and seeing that in other cities, like it's not, it's there, there's no comparison. Like the love for small business here is so strong. Like you said, so I'm super excited that you get to use this podcast to like spread the small business love too, because that's so important and so powerful. And yeah, I think that's awesome. I try. (laughs) (laughs) You succeed. You do it. (laughs) Thank you. If there was one, especially I'd love your perspective on this, not being from Kansas City, but if there was one thing you could change about Kansas City, what would it be if if there was anything? Oh, that's a good question. I honestly cannot think of a thing. I truly, I'm sorry. That's not a great answer, but like, I love everything about the city. Maybe. No, no, honestly, no. I love the people. I love the food. I love the art. I love that. Like all of it. Like it's, it's perfect. Awesome. Well, do you have any, anything coming up soon? Any announcements that you can maybe spill on here? Anything you have kind of coming down the pipeline that you, that you'd want listeners to know about? Sure. Um, I'm actually in the works. It's actually, I've never, I haven't told anybody this. This is like super, super secret. I am kind of pivoting into more education uh, and coursework. I'm still continuing my wedding photography and associate all of that, but kind of going along with the mentorships, I'm really hoping to start pushing out a lot more content when it comes to like photography education um, and business mentorship. Currently undergoing a pretty big project. I'm building a course that's like all things workflows and systems um, that really can be valuable for any small business owner. Um, not just photography, um, but I think a lot of a lot of us as creatives naturally get the creative parts really well. But when it comes to the business pieces, I think that's like our weak point as creatives is not knowing how to set our systems up for success or automate or even just to scale, especially in businesses like ours where time equals money, working weddings equals more money, working sessions equals more money, but like figuring out how to like give up less of your time, outsource those kind of things. So that course is in the works. 
uh, would love any feedback you have or any of the listeners have on like topics that would be important to cover things that you've just been dying to know, um, et cetera. So I'm pretty pumped about it. And now I guess the word's out. <laughs> I haven't like told anyone yet because I'm like, Oh, hold me accountable to it now, but <laughs> it's in the process and it's coming. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. That's, that's so exciting. Like, I think that I really think, especially having been kind of in the photography industry that furthering your education is probably one of the most important things when it comes to being a photographer. Like I said, it was something that I just really didn't give enough time and devotion to, but even if you've been doing it for five years, I mean, things are always changing. There's new technology, there's new techniques. I mean, even just the basics of lighting and, you know, the sun and when the sun setting, sun rising, you know, what's, what's the best position I, for anyone who is listening that is interested or either already is a photographer or is, is interested in it. I, I think that's awesome. Cause I really think that education, like, I mean, you can be great at editing. You can be great with people, but like your basic knowledge of certain things, I think is really what helps take your photography kind of to, to the next level. Exactly. Kind of setting that foundation so that like, you're able to grow without the growing pains. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm super passionate about it. And like, my poor mentees, I don't shut up about it because I'm just so on fire about it. So if you have any questions and if you out there reach out to me, slide in my DMs, I'm here for you and would love to help. Yeah. And so where could someone slide into your DMs, plug, plug all yourself where people can follow you, Hi. find out about the mentorship, find out about model call or anything, even inquiries about your photography, where can people find all that? Perfect. So the best place to find um, all the goodies, whether it comes to mentorships, inquiries for sessions, weddings, you name it, any educational resources, um, my Instagram photo KC, it's actually photo underscore underscore KC, <laughs> kind of complicated, but in my links, I have everything from like mentor session info, recent galleries. If you're looking to get some inspo or see more of my work, a link to my website for inquiries and mentorships, uh, really all the good things. Um, there's also a course that I already have created with my good friend itself photo co we have a course called this is it and it covers all things client experience. Um, so it's on the market right now too, if that's something that is an area of growth for you that you'd like to focus on. Um, but yeah, really Instagram, my website, my website's, um, photo kc.com. So everything's there and reach out to me if you've got anything you're looking for. That's awesome. Well, everyone be sure to go follow Taylor on Instagram and be sure to check out her website. And as always, you can follow me at KC by Sari and we will see you next week. Casey confidential. Casey's confidential. Yay. Kansas City's best. Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential.